On today's edition of the Retirement Roadmap, the retirement planning world is filled with plenty of advice and suggestions. I'm sure you've figured that out by now, but there are some critical questions that sort of lurk in the shadows if we want to be dramatic about it. We'll call these the unasked and the overlooked questions or just plainly retirement planning's hidden questions. And on this episode, we're going to unearth and tackle these hidden questions and talk about why they're still essential to cover and really important when it comes to retirement planning. That and more on the way on today's edition of the Retirement Roadmap. It's time for the Retirement Roadmap podcast with registered financial consultant Glenn Mosseller. Walter Storholt here with you once again on the Retirement Roadmap alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting based out of Greensboro, North Carolina. But you can meet with Glenn from anywhere online. Just go to RoadmapFinancial.com to schedule a visit. Glenn, hope you're doing well this week. How are you? I'm doing well, Walter. I hope you are. Yeah, looking forward to our episode today. We're uncovering these hidden retirement planning questions. So we've got a a good list here in front of us to kind of work through, and then we'll see if maybe we've got some time to slide in a few bonus items as well. You ready to rock and roll on these hidden retirement questions? Yeah, let's do it, Walter. All right, let's dive into the top one on the list today. How much are my tax-deferred savings going to cost me in taxes? Uh, That's probably not a question you get from somebody as soon as they come in to meet with you. This is something that needs to kind of get uncovered a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, it does, Walter. I mean, you know, when, when most times when people come in and they, you know, when they're thinking about retirement and, you know, and they're thinking about what how much they've got saved in their retirement accounts, they, they typically are not thinking about, well, what is the tax liability inside of my retirement account, right? I mean, that's not a normal question that most people are asking. Most people are, you know, realistically know that there's going to be, you know, if they've put money into, into those pre-tax or traditional accounts, you know, they know that there's going to be some taxes there. But but it, but it's not really a normal thing for for most people to be thinking in terms of you know of doing some calculations or you know or or they're not really engaged in that in that thought process about you know how much money is really theirs or at least potentially you know and and how much is is really the government's you know it's in, in but they do think in terms of is that it's going to cost me this right and the thing is it's like really the mindset of that really needs to be that you know when when you make contributions into the the you know into a traditional IRA or into a traditional 401k or 403b where you're putting in pre-tax dollars think about what that is it's pre-tax dollars meaning that it has yet to be taxed which means that you're putting the the tax revenue that you would have sent to Uncle Sam and to your you know to your state you're putting that into the account with, with the agreement that you're going to pay those taxes later out of that account. So when you're when you're thinking about that, it's it's you're realistically you're not all of that money ever was yours, right? Even though it's not listed there as as the as the owner of the account, you know, you and the and the IRS or the U.S. Treasury or the state capital, but really there there some of their money is in there, and so it's up to you and your advisor to figure out you know how much is yours and what's likely going to be that you how much are you going to be able to hold on to? What is that going to look like in the future? It's not really a you know a precise exact you know number because we don't know what the future tax rates are going to be or the, what the thresholds to take you into the next tax brackets might be but but you've got to begin to think in terms like like that and and know that that you know if you've got money in those kinds of accounts that that there is some there is some potential liability there and and you don't want to be caught flat-footed and 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 not being realistic about you know how much is is really going to be yours 
And so that's that's critical. That's one of the first things that we that we do in engaging folks into the you know tax aware planning and you know and looking at it as like well how are you going to get the money out of those accounts in the most efficient way you know possible? What are, what are your overall needs? What are your other income sources? Do you have other income sources? You know, obviously Social Security is going to be there for most people, but we you know we really got to look at how is all that going to play out in terms of you know what what's you know what's going to be your your you know your tax liability in those accounts and how long can you make your money last, you know, given those conditions. I think that's a great point, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Glenn. It's going to set the stage nicely for us through the rest of these hidden questions. So taxes, a big concern, but we've got to make sure we're asking the right tax questions. Same goes for this next one. A lot of people focus on, okay, how much do I need to save? But a hidden question when it comes to savings is at the tail end of the process, and it's more on the withdrawal side. A lot of people skip that. So our next hidden retirement planning question is, how much can I withdraw from my savings each year? That almost deserves more focus than the actual savings number itself, it seems. Well, I mean, yeah, you're you're exactly right, Walter. Because I mean, the way that the way our whole society and, and lives are, are structured is monthly cash flow, right? I mean, money coming in and money going out, and so it's 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 very it's very important to be thinking along the lines of well, how much income can my retirement savings produce? You know, and and you know, and how can how is the best way to structure that? You know, that's a whole different notion than oh, I've got to accumulate the magic number of X. You know, and and you know, and that X is you know is different for for different people. But I mean, you see a whole you know advertising campaigns you know by you know with uh, financial institutions about you know what what's your, what's your magic number or you know what's what's your number and 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 those kinds of things, and you know and and that's not unimportant, but it, I think it's a more important thing to be thinking about. It's like well, what is your lifestyle? What do you want your lifestyle to, to you know to be like in retirement? And you know, do you do you have enough saved to be able to create the you know, to create the income that's 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 needed there, and and that's a that's a different calculation than just purely looking at how much did you accumulate, because that that also goes into play there, Walter. Is is that not all not all retirement savings are you know are, are going to be treated equal in in you know in, in in retirement when you're taking money out. You know, do you have some? Do you have any Roth money that that's there that you've already paid the taxes on? You know, is there you know is it all pre-tax? Social Security is going to play into that. Social Security is not inherently taxable but becomes more taxable based upon how much other income you have. So, you know, when you when you start looking at all of those things, Walter, it, it's it's a very tricky thing to try to figure out, well, how much can I withdraw? And, you know, and is there a particular withdrawal rate that I could be shooting for? And that number is, is not necessarily going to be the same for everybody. Um, we do have to think in terms of it at some point, you know, you know whether you, whether you start taking money out, you know, you know, before you have to, um, or or you wait until you quote unquote have to when you have required minimum distributions on certain accounts. You know, the, all of that plays into, and then when you have a required minimum distribution, the the government's basically going to say it's like, okay, this is the this is the table for you, and and so we look, we're going to look at the what your account balance was on certain accounts at the end of the end of last year, and how old are you this year, and those two things combined to, to determine, you know, what is your required minimum distribution, and there's you know there's certain withdrawal rates there, and obviously the older you get, the then then it becomes a larger withdrawal rate that they that they're expecting, you know, on that on that previous year's account balance. 
that becomes a very very important piece of the of the of the planning puzzle walter and and when you're when most folks are in their accumulation years that they they haven't really thought about that very much if at all and it's critically important that as you as you getting closer and closer to retirement or if you're in retirement that that becomes a you know a real focus on on terms of your overall planning and your thought process and and thinking about strategies that are going to serve you you know better in terms of you know what you know how can you how can you create the 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 income flow and the cash flow on a monthly basis that it's going to it's going to serve you and give you the lifestyle that you're wanting to have in retirement good points on that one glenn all right so we turn our focus from withdrawals to another hidden retirement planning question and that would be should i still have life insurance when i'm retired i say this is a hidden question because i feel like a lot of people just assume the answer to this and so they don't ever actually ask the question Right. Well, no, you're exactly right, Walter. There's an awful lot of folks out there that, that think in terms of, well, when I retire, you know, you know, I don't, I don't need to have that life insurance any longer, right? And and oftentimes, I mean, when people think in terms of life insurance, they think of death benefit, right? And they think of it's like, you know, a lot of times when they when they buy policies, particularly if they've been, a, you know, they bought term insurance, you know, where they they were, they want to make sure that if something happens to them, maybe the house gets paid off, or that the kids can go to college, or a variety of different. things things. But then most of those normal concerns that people think about are, are they, they've resolved themselves one way or the other by the time you reach retirement. And so a lot of times folks think, well, I don't really need that in retirement. Well, I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. It really depends upon, you know, wh- you know what you have, you know, in your other and when your other accounts and your overall portfolio and, and then the objectives that you want to try to accomplish. Right. I mean, you can still have a situation where an income need is, is, you know, needs to be satisfied for, you know, for the surviving spouse, because typically what's going to happen is, is that, you know, if you have money set aside in IRAs and 401ks, well, if some if one if one of the two you know passes away in a, in a in a married couple, then, you know, the you know, what's all of the assets are still there. But, you know, if there's pension money, then then, you know, part or all of that might go away. The certainly Social Security is going to be reduced because, the you know, the, the, the smaller of the two Social Security benefits, you know, goes away and the larger of the two becomes the survivor benefit. And so, you know, when you're when you're looking at that overall, you know, just dynamic that that also gets layered in Walter and, and a lot of people really don't think about this but you know the the surviving spouse within a year's time or so they're, they're gonna have to start filing as a single filer versus a married filing jointly which means that you know their 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 standard deduction is going to get cut in half and the threshold that puts them into the next tax bracket is going to be also cut in half so you know that that, that that's a whole different dynamic so there may still be a need for you know having some you know some death benefit there for for the surviving spouse to be able to create some additional income flow, you know that that's not necessarily always the case, but but it's it's it's, it's not the opposite either. Where it's, it's like it's never the case. I mean, it, it depends. You know, what's the particular situation? As well as is you know, do you you know, a lot of times people you know have have life insurance there, not just for the the typical things you think of in the accumulation years to pay off the mortgage or this or that. Sometimes people have life insurance because they want to leave a legacy to you know to people they care about and they want to have a death benefit to, to be able to transfer you know that that is you know potentially tax free that's a very important thing for some folks so it's it's a it's a case by case basis as to whether or not it makes sense to continue to have life insurance when you're in, when you're in your retirement years or not working our way through this list of retirement planning's hidden questions here's another one uh back to the healthcare conversation a little bit here and the hidden question is what kind of medical coverage will i need over and above 
Medicare. Again, there's just sort of this assumption that, ah, oh, Medicare, that's all I need to know. That's all I need to take. But uh, often people have needs greater than that. Well, that's right, Walter. I mean, you know, you have, you have the, you have, you know, Medicare typically, I mean, in, in general terms, um, is, you know, once you, once you qualify, you know, for Medicare and you go on to Medicare as your health insurance, if you will, traditional Medicare is going to cover roughly 80% of, of what, of what the, of what the expenses are going to be. That's not a hard and fast number, but it's in that ballpark. I mean, the, the, the experts will tell you that. And so now you got to make the determination: are you are you going to have a Medicare supplement that's going to you know help pay for you know that gap of that twenty percent, or or you know you know or maybe pay all of that depending upon what particular plan you might you might end up going with, or you know there, there's a, there's Medicare Advantage plans that work you know that work differently than that. But again, it's we're going into you know the 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 basic notion of how are you going to make sure that you you don't you're not exposed to undue risk you know for medical expenses because as we've talked about in the past you know and in past episodes that it's you know it's really important to understand that that the inflation rate on on you know on healthcare expenses you know tends to be tends to outpace what the what the normal inflation rates are if if you will when you when you're looking at you know, like food and and housing and you know and energy and those kinds of things we we you know we tend to see you know that that healthcare is 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 more inflationary if you will and so that's that's important that you that you you don't leave yourself overly exposed there and you know and how are you going to deal with that and it's really important that you do some shopping and you and you and you look at you know you're you're educated when you're when you're making choices about that and so i always encourage folks you know to be working with a, with an independent insurance agent you know that that can represent a variety of different companies and and ultimately you really want them to represent you and and in order to do that you know and and, and to do that for a number of people it, it's it's helpful to, you know to to work with somebody who is contracted with a number of different companies so they're not beholden to one or two companies that they have the ability to look across the spectrum based upon what your needs are to find you know to help you find what's what's going to be the best plans for you and then you know and then of course Walter we you know we you know we also have to kind of think in terms of that you know, that very related to you know to health care um, costs you know in retirement is, is is the potential for long-term care you know and and do you have any do you have anything in place to help you know take care of some of those potential expenses, you know, and do you have, do you have uh, any strategies in place that, that are going to help you, you know, position money so that it, it can be there for you if you have those needs. Glenn, appreciate all your help so far on the episode today. Here's another one for you. Hidden retirement planning questions. How much am I really paying in fees and commissions? This one was maybe, I think a lot of people are always worried about what they're spending, you know, and, and what they're paying for maybe for their plan or for the advice or guidance or just all those different costs. Maybe this one's not hidden, but we threw it on the list to round it out to, uh, to, to five questions today. And maybe some people overlook this part. Sure. Well, no, it's important to know, Walter, and you know, and the, and and it, it plays a role, right? The the key question is, is you know, what are you getting for the fees that you're paying, right? You know, in, in some cases, you know, you're you maybe you're paying a, you know a bit more in fees than if you were just you know doing a you know do it yourself or and and you're and you're you know maybe at, at one of the big big houses, you know, like you know the you know the vanguards or you know the fidelities or you know there's a, there, those are just a couple. There's there's plenty of them out there, but you know if you're if you're kind of a you know generic do it yourself or you know you can find you can find plenty of things that, that have very very low fees the key question is is you know that is there any planning that comes along with that 
and you know and, and what type of planning you know are you needing and you know and, and what kind of you know you know help are you looking for with an advisor and so you know typically if, you, if you're getting help with an advisor there's going to be some level of uh, fee structure there but you know and then the, and then the key question comes into play what are you getting for the money that you're spending you know I always like to say that you know fees you know in a vacuum you know you know there if you just look at that you know I mean there there's there's expenses there right but but you know it, it's like you're, you're you're in you're in a situation where you've got to really weigh it out and 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 determine you know it, it's they can be they can be very expensive in the absence of value but if you know if there's value being created by what you're paying in fees well then you, you know, then you're looking at you know a holistic picture of of you know of, of how of how things are doing and what your plan looks like and you know that's that's really the the, the critical piece is is to you know how does that factor into your overall planning process and and if you're wanting to get some you know additional help with an advisor or or, you know, or advisors then you know, that's typically they're they're going to have to make money because you know it, it's just the way the world is i mean you're you typically you know are going to have a, a a tendency to get what you pay for if you will walter and and so that's something that you've got to you can't just say well all fees are bad but you you know and but but all fees are not necessarily good either you have to kind of weigh it out and, and determine are are you getting value for what you're paying and that's you know that's a that's a case by case basis isn't it it is. A lot of these things are going to be a case-by-case basis for sure, Glenn. Any additional hidden questions that you think we should quickly cover or uh, throw out to folks to at least consider, if, even if we don't do a full breakdown on each of these? Yeah, Walter. I mean, I th- I think it's. I mean, I, I mean, there's there's, uh, there's any number of things, but you know, the thing, one of the biggest things that we're that we're seeing more here recently is is you know the impact of inflation, right? I mean, that's as inflation's kind of always been there, you know, but it becomes more intense at different times, you know, along the way. I mean, way back when in the in the 70s and 80s, we saw, you know, really high inflation, you know, and then, you know, and then it began to to dissipate for a number of decades. And, you know, and now it's raising its head again. And, you know, so we're we're still in the question, you know, is, you know, are we are things going to get tame, you know, relatively soon? Obviously, you know, here recently, they've been they seemingly at least from the numbers that were that we're getting from the, you know, economic readings that they're getting a bit better, but they're still not exactly where we want them to be. Well, I mean, you, you got to factor that in with your overall, you know, your income plan, you know, in, in terms of think about it, you know, if, if you're if you if you don't have something built into your income plan that is going to give you increasing income over time, then, you know, you're you're basically losing buying power. And, you know, then you're in, 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 in the, the bottom line result of that is, is that your lifestyle is, is, is up to you know, contract. You know, and most people don't want to see that happen. So you you really want to make sure that you're you're factoring that in, and that's you know it's not one of those necessarily obvious things as to how that's going to work, but it's it certainly needs to be part of your overall plan, and you know, and 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 that and that needs to be something that's just addressed, you know, very very specifically, not just thinking, oh well, that'll just kind of take care of itself, because I mean, in general, Walter, things don't necessarily take care of themselves, right? They 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 have to be planned for. Very, very true. Well, great breakdown today. If you've got questions about what we've discussed, which you might, you know, there might be some hidden questions we covered today that you haven't uh, gone into full consideration or full coverage in your financial planning, and that's okay. There's still time to make the right choices and get on the right path in your retirement future. To set yourself up for success in the future, get a plan together with Glenn Mosseller and the team at Roadmap Financial Consulting. You can get in touch with Glenn at 336 291 
3535-336-291-3535 or go online to roadmapfinancial.com and just click the free consultation button at the bottom of the page to schedule your visit. That's roadmapfinancial.com. More to come on the next edition of Retirement Roadmap, so come back and join us then.